أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وضرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد الحمد لله ما شاء الله we reached this مبارك 15th night of Ramadan in in, in much likelihood we've now passed the the halfway mark and so uh, alhamdulillah what Allah gave us and may Allah ta'ala for that shukr give us mazid whoever wants to do something let them do it now inshallah the last 10 nights are gonna uh, start soon so people should uh, whatever whatever relaxation they took you know they have enjoyed it now they should start to put in their minds to ramp up uh, their Ibadah and their focus and their concentration for the rest of uh, the Mubarak month in the hope that Allah Ta'ala will reward them for their prayer and for their fasting and in the hope that they should find a night in which Allah Ta'ala writes for them uh, that their neck is manumitted from the fire. Amin. So Shaykh continues uh, talking about the Hakimis and the doctrine of Wilaya of sainthood, for lack of a better term, but more accurately, the friendship of Allah Ta'ala. So the section, he, he starts, he says, the sheikhs, every one of them, have given hints as to the true meaning of wilayat. Now I will bring together many of these uh, selected definitions as possible. So he says, Abu Ali al-Juzjani, rahimahullah ta'ala, qaddasallahu sallam, says, the wali is the one who is annihilated in his own state, and subsistence in the mushahada of the haqq, in the contemplation of the truth with the capital T. He cannot tell anything concerning himself, nor can he rest with anyone except for with Allah. He's not at ease with anyone's company except for with Allah. Uh, because a man has knowledge only of his own state, and when all his states are annihilated, he cannot tell anything about himself, and he cannot rest with anyone else uh, to whom he might tell his state, because to communicate one's hidden state to another is to reveal the secret of the beloved, uh, which cannot be revealed to anyone except for the beloved uh, themselves. And uh, this is... This is one of the reasons, you know, people go through troubles and difficulties. A person might think, like, why is it that uh, oh, you know, like I'm trying to do my best, I'm trying to do good, I'm trying to do good by people, I'm trying to say my prayers, I'm trying to, you know, fulfill my commitments. Why is it only like me who is, uh, you know, gets the raw end of the deal, happens to get the raw end of the deal in everything in life? And, you know, the people in the past, they, they kind of understood what the score was, and they took it in stride. Whereas with us, because we think, you know, we have this kind of like, you know, uh, uh, McCormick Convention type idea in our head that we're gonna we're gonna like pray and life is gonna be beautiful and we're gonna be pious and we're also gonna have a million dollars and undoubtedly there are some people who will get that that's their test in fact but uh, uh, you know the 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 truth of the matter is is that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala the one who loves him and the one who he loves Allah Taala will keep him for 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 himself. And so gradually what will end up happening is a person will be estranged from all people and all things except for Allah Ta'ala. And the best of people are the ones who are able to take it in stride. Because this is where the sunnah of like 
smiling, to meet your brother while smiling, even though you're not at ease with him. It's nothing personal, but you're not at ease with him. This is where keeping a happy and cheerful countenance, this is where giving to other people, even though you know there's really nothing you're going to get back from it at all in this world. This is where those things actually mean something. Otherwise, just being like a going through Walmart like a freaking Walmart greeter. This is not the sunnah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Welcome to Walmart. Can I help you? You have a certain level of customer service that you provide all of your customers. This is, this is what? This is all transactionality. This is all uh, quid, quid pro quo. It's all pay to play. That's all it is. Which is fine. It's better to do that than to be just completely like negative person for no reason whatsoever. Right? But that's not where a person's suluk to Allah Ta'ala hasn't started yet. That's like like a, like suluk 98. If you can't even do that, then you're not going to understand certain things that you need to understand as a human being to become a Muslim, in fact. Uh, whereas your suluk is what? Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala, once He makes istikhlas, He separates you from others and said that this is from my, uh, this one is, this is my guy. This is from my, uh, uh, you know, from my entourage. This is one of the Lord's uh, people. This is one of the slaves of the house. Uh, um, this is one of the the, 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 the the royal servants, one of the royal slaves, then you don't interact with other people. Then you have a, a different mandate and you have a different thing that you have to do. So instead of fighting it, why not accept it, right? This, this is what the meaning of, uh, um, this is what the meaning is of, uh, you know, the athar, like, you know, that you'll find me, you know, uh, that you'll find me with the, the, the broken-hearted ones. Which is what, you know, sometimes that process of being having ties broken with the creation in order to have one's only ties with the Lord, it's difficult because sometimes you're a good person. You know, people are like, oh, Allah knows what's in my heart. I'm a good person. Yes, sometimes you are a good person and you're just not coming <laughs> the easy way. So out of Rahmah, you have to come like in very traumatic ways. This is a secret for someone's salute. If you know it's going to be that way, why not just go voluntarily? It's better for you. It's a higher path. It's a superior path. So don't be worried about those things. If you find yourself like that, it's not a reason to act like that. Some people, then they're like, oh, they know this, this is going to happen. So they go out of their way to act like a jerk or like a recluse or to cut ties with people or whatever. You don't have to do it. But once you see that it's happening, not out of anything that you're doing, you know, uh, that you're doing everything that you can correctly, but it's just happening on its own. Know that that was kind of part of the package. It was going to happen anyway. Uh, so don't be too like upset or distraught about it. Just you know, kind of, kind of uh, accept it and let it happen. Inshallah. Why? Because uh, one cannot uh, communicate one's hidden state to another uh, and re- re- reveal the secret of the beloved, which cannot be really revealed to anyone except for the beloved himself. Moreover, in mushahada and contemplation, it is impossible to regard anything except for God, aught except Allah. Uh, how then can he be at rest with mankind? Junaid rahimahullah ta'ala said, uh, the wali has no fear because fear is the expectation uh, either of some future calamity or of the eventual loss of some object of desire. Whereas the wali is uh, Ibn Waqtihi, he lives in his moment. Uh, he has no future that he should fear anything. Uh, and as he has no fear, he has no hope. Since hope is expectation either of gaining an object of desire or being uh, relieved uh, from misfortune. And this belongs to the future. Nor does he grieve because grief arises from the rigor of time. And how should he feel grief uh, who is in the uh, radiance of rida, of satisfaction? 
and in the garden uh, uh, of concord of, of Tawfiq, of Muwafaqah. The vulgar, meaning common people, imagine this saying to imply that inasmuch as the wali feels fear, uh, neither fear nor hope nor grief, uh, he has security in their place. But he doesn't have security either because security arises from not seeing uh, that which is hidden and from turning uh, one's back on the moment that they're in. And this absence of security is characteristic of those who pay no regard to their bashariya, uh, their, their, their human uh, uh, characteristics and are not content with attributes. Fear and hope and security and grief all refer to the interests of the nafs. And when that is annihilated, rida or satisfaction becomes an attribute of man. Uh, and when satisfaction has been attained, his states become steadfast, mustaqim in the vision of the author of states, the muhawwilul ahwal. And his back is turned on all states. This is important, right? This is two ways a person can get to rida, right? One is to like, oh, I finally got everything I want. Okay, well, let me know when that happens. The other is to just stop, you know, stop wanting things that bad. And for that reason, there are certain things we go through the motions of the Sharia, right? You're commanded as Sunnah to do this to you with your wife, do this with your parents, do this with your children, do this with your neighbor, do this with the other Muslims, do this for your enemies, do this for your friends. All these Sunnah, we go through the motions for them, we do them for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then whatever happens, happens. This is really important. This is one of the reasons Islam in uh, not just America, but in much of the world has been kind of like turned up on its head. It's because people have this idea that they're, they're pitching their Islam based on the outcomes. Whereas... Whereas the, the, look, it's possible when you're doing certain things wrong, the outcome happens in a way that uh, is so horrible that it should be some sort of indication to you you're not doing things the right way. Um, so if suluk, for example, causes a person to, you know, their suluk causes them to like leave Islam, obviously something wrong has happened. You need to rethink how the suluk thing is, is, is happening or, you know, w- you know, what your ideas about it are and what, you know, how you conceive of it, is it correct or not. But at the same time, there's a, set of, there's a set of outcomes that are desirable to all human beings naturally. Health is always desirable instead of sickness unless you're insane. Wealth is always desire, desirable over poverty for a normal person unless you have something wrong with you. You know, being loved by people is always desirable right, over, over being hated and reviled. Having something to eat is always more desirable than being hungry. There's certain things that are kind of default state of a normal human being. And there are a set of parameters within which you could be doing what you're supposed to do and everything is happening right and you might miss out on some of these things. And the point of one's saluk is not to destroy those things. In fact, if a person is following the deen the way that they should be, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَنُحْيِيَنَّهُ حَيَاتًا طَيِّبًا The idea is that in general things should be they're not going to be perfect and there may be you know, issues a person struggles with, but in general, a person's outlook should be positive. However, uh, um, the, the problem is when a person tries to like micro-titrate, like everything, this should be good, that should be good, this should be good, that should be good, nothing should ever go wrong. If you look back at the life of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa and the life of the companions radiallahu anhum and the stories of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa it's not like stuff was going good all the time. In terms of their wealth, in terms of their health, in terms of their uh, personal happiness, satisfaction, eating, drinking, house, clothing, do people like me or not, etc. One of the bizarre things about some of the Anbiya, 
especially those whose aqwam were destroyed, is that the only people who followed them were like like kind of like loser people in the society. And the, the, you know, like the people who followed Sayyidina Shu'ayb the people who followed Sayyidina Hud the people who followed Salih the people who followed Nuh they were not of, of their class. The Anbiya were the, uh, the Ashraf of their Qawm. These were people who were like nobody people in the Qawm. So it's almost like a stigma, like, you know, that like it almost would have been like better from a PR perspective if they didn't follow them. Why? Because it makes like the deen look like undesirable. Because look, it's all these undesirable people are like gathering together or whatever. If you try to micro-titrate all of these different like individual things, uh, it's not going to work. You end up screwing screwing it up because you have to then like mess up the process. The one b- barometer that you have to look at which will tell you whether your suluk is going well or not is how am I with Allah Ta'ala? If I go to sleep at night knowing that if I died in this moment I have something that I can you know, put forth for the sake of the Lord that won't be an embarrassment to me. That is a sign of my love for Him. It's free of any sort of conflict of interest. It's free of any desire for money or wealth or whatever. I have something I can put forth in front of the Rabb Ta'ala. Then, alhamdulillah, you're, you're doing well with Allah Ta'ala. It's important also, right? Maybe, you know, maybe you're, you're, maybe you're a baller. Maybe Jawad, you're like, you play basketball really good. You, you got to... Uh, 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 you know, you were on the varsity team in high school and you got a college scholarship and this and that and the other thing. Then one day you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm not Michael Jordan. I suck at basketball. No. That's a kind of a faulty reasoning. The thing is, are you okay with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or not? There's always better. A person can always do better. But if you look at that and answer is yes, then don't, don't mess, the, mess up the recipe. You know, let the thing cook the way it's supposed to cook. Because what ends up happening when you mess up the recipe, you end up getting all of these different things, but then the one thing that you wanted to get out of all of this, which is Allah Ta'ala's wila, if you, uh, uh, you, you mess it up. And so now when they talk about all of this stuff, about the, you know, the, the Sufi is the one who lives in his moment, and he's in rida because he destroyed all of his you know, desires and hopes and fears and grief and all of these other things uh, for Allah Ta'ala's sake, what does it mean? It doesn't necessarily mean you have to go out of your way to be like a weirdo. Uh, although people will accuse you of that afterward, just let them say what they're going to say. They're going to say something stupid about you anyway. They're never going to be impressed. Like petty people will never be happy with you anyway. Some of, some petty people are like our own like spouses. They're our own uh, parents. They're our own children. They're our own cousins and family members and friends and whatever. I'm not saying anything about that. Of my, of course, if any of those people of mine are listening, right? Like you guys are wonderful. I love you. You guys are great. But I'm just saying it might be that like somebody's somebody is like that. You know. And you don't, like, out of social convention, you don't say that to them. But people are, petty people are going to say dumb things anyway, right? So don't worry, don't worry about that. You don't go out of your way in order to, like, be a weirdo like this. But what do you do is if you put Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the top of that priority list, or make him the only one in that list, uh, uh, then it's going to naturally require that, like, you know, in that process, it's going to deflate, you know, your, uh, your ability to pump air into all of these other things and uh, that's the thing that you're gonna that's the prize you're gonna put your eye on and after you do it for a while it becomes a nature to a person then wilayat is revealed it says he turns his back to all other he, he looks at the author of states and he turns his back on, on, on all states then wilayat is revealed to his heart and its meaning is made clear to his innermost thoughts Abu Uthman Maghribi rahimahullah ta'ala said that the wali is sometimes celebrated, mashhur, but he's never seduced, he's never maf- maftun. He's always, he may be mashhur, but he's never maftun. 
And another says that the wali is sometimes hidden, mastur, uh, 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 but he is not uh, 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 celebrated. Seduction, or he's not seduced, afwan. Seduction consists in falsehood, inasmuch as the wali must be truthful, voracious, and miracles cannot possibly be performed by a liar. It follows that the wali is incapable of being seduced. Uh, these two sayings refer to the controversy of whether or not the wali knows himself to be such. If he knows... Uh, he is celebrated, and if he does not know, he is seduced. But the uh, explanation of all of this is very tedious. It is related that Ibrahim ibn Adham, rahimahullah ta'ala, uh, asked a certain man whether he desired to be one of Allah's awliya. And on his saying yes, he said, do not covet anything in this world or the next, and devote yourself entirely to Allah, and turn to Allah with all of your heart. To covet this world is to turn away from Allah, uh, for the sake of that which is transitory, and to covet the next world is turn, to turn away from Allah for the sake of that which is everlasting. That which is transitory perishes, and its renunciation becomes nothing. But that which is everlasting cannot perish, hence its renunciation is also imperishable. So this is the people who love Allah Ta'ala, this is the, the color that they were dyed in. Again, if you feel like that's kind of extreme, then don't try it at home. But it doesn't necessarily mean a person doesn't, you know, a person who loves Allah Ta'ala for his sake. A person who thinks, mashallah, of all the things in Jannah that I can do, of all the food I can eat, and the hurain and the clothes, and this, and that other ni'mah that a person has. Uh, you know, the one thing that, I, that, that would most make me happy is to see Allah Ta'ala. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's actually the highest maqam of the people of Jannah, that there are going to be people who are going to be an ecstatic mushahada uh, of the Lord. They don't have any need for anything else. And the people who are not like that, that's the maqam Allah created them for as well. And it's obviously lower, but it's also something that we honor. There's nothing wrong with that. But even the people in that maqam should look up to the people who look at their mahabba of Allah Ta'ala. This is their ghida, this is their food and drink. It was their food and the drink in the dunya, and this is their food and drink in, uh, in Jannah as well. And that this is their enjoyment that they look forward to for the uh, entire time. That's a beautiful thing. That's a good thing. You know, even if, even if I, I'm on the JV or C team, I can at least admire that, mashallah, the, 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 the pros, you know, they, they really are good, good at what they do. Bayezid was once asked, who is a wali? He answered, the one who is patient under the command and prohibition of Allah, because the more a man loves Allah, the more does his heart revere what he commands and the further... Uh, uh, his, his body from that which he forbids. It is related that Bayezid said, Once I was told a wali of Allah Ta'ala was in such and such town. I set out to visit him. When I arrived at his masjid, he came forth uh, from his chamber and spat on the floor of the masjid. I turned around without saluting him, saying to myself that a wali must keep uh, the sacred law in order that God may keep his spiritual state. Had this man been a wali, his respect for the masjid would have prevented him from spitting on the floor, or God would have preserved him from marring the grace vouchsafed to him. This is an interesting story, because maybe there are some people who are awliya of Allah Ta'ala that actually spit in the masjid's floor. You go to Mauritania, <laughs> you'll see that. But, you know, within a particular cultural context, this is uh, the importance of what that shows that the Aslaf, rahimahumullah ta'ala, were people who were very uh, keen on uh, um, making ta'zim of reverence of the th signs and articles of the deen. This is why we don't put the mushaf on the floor. This is why we don't stretch our feet out toward the qibla. 
this is why uh, you know we greet our elders and our mashayikh and our ulama in a particular way. This is why we hold the mushaf in a particular way. This is why there's a certain amount of decorum that we have in the masjid. With all love and respect for our uh, Islam evangelist popular figures who advocate for like imams who have soccer matches with children in the masjid or whatever, like it's great. Like don't chew out kids and like you know break their hearts so that they don't want to come to the masjid again. I get all that, but this is not ideal. Why? Because this is a module of deen. It's very important that a person should have this ta'zim wherever they go. Don't you see how the companions, radiallahu ta'ala, on whom used to make ta'zim of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, how they used to make ta'zim of the Kaaba Mu'avama, how they used to make ta'zim of the Masajid, they, how they used to make ta'zim, literally the physical person of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that they would fight over his nail clippings and over his hair clippings, over the, 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 the blood from his uh, uh, hijama. Why? It's ta'zim. They you know, might say, okay, there's tabarruk in it. There's great barakah and everything having to do with the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But the ta'zim of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi has more barakah than even the physical objects do. ذَلِكَ وَمَنْ يُعَظِّمُ شَعَائِرَ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّهَا مِنْ تَقْوَ الْخُلُوبِ إِنَّمَا يَتَقَبَّلَ اللَّهُ مِنَ الْمُتَّقِينَ Whoever venerates the, the symbols of uh, uh, Allah Ta'ala's deen, that person, it's a sign of the fear of God inside their hearts. And uh, uh, and uh, uh, it's a sign of the fear of God. And who are the people who fear God? Allah Ta'ala, He doesn't accept from anyone except for the ones who fear Him. So some of these things are actually not even fiqh issues. It may be permissible. It may not actually technically be haram to put the mushaf on the floor as long as it's not dirty. It may not be haram to stretch your feet out in the direction of the qibla or whatever. Every home has different cultural things. I went on Hajj one time. There was a, uh, a scholar from Balochistan. He said that to make ishara to someone like this with your open hand, he says this is like cussing them out. He said that when our Baloch people come to make Hajj from Iran, Afghanistan, Pakistan, he says that they see the people making istilam of the, the Hajar Aswad with one hand. And uh, I tell them, I said, this is haram for you, for everyone else's jais. Why? Because in our, this is not an acceptable thing to do. You make a silam with both hands or just don't make a shara at all. Uh, um, you know, and so like an example for us, right? Pointing at someone with their middle finger. It means something obscene in our home. So don't do it. Don't point to the Kaaba like that. Don't point to your parents like that. Don't point to anybody. Who's not wrong? Shif so-and-so does it. Okay, jai is for him. Haram for you. Don't do it. Uh, and so he said this, he said that the point is he saw that this person did something in that context that was irreverent. And he said that like, how, how is it that this person can be a wali of Allah Ta'ala if they don't have this ta'alim of... Uh, uh, the one thing is the sacred law and keeping it, the other thing is the veneration of it, the treatment of it as holy, as sacred. And that he doesn't have that. The same night, uh, Bayezid said, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, he said, I dreamed that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to me, Oh Bayezid, the, the blessing of that which you have done is to come to you. He said, the next day I uh, attained this degree which you behold. Uh, and I have heard a man who came to visit the Sheikh Abu Sa'id uh, uh, entered the masjid with his left foot first. The Sheikh uh, gave orders that he should be dismissed saying, he do, who does not know how to enter the house of his beloved is not a suitable friend for us. Some heretics some heretics who have adopted this perilous doctrine assert that service of God is necessarily only while becoming a wali. 
But then after this sainthood is uh, uh, achieved, then the service is abolished. This is clearly wrong. There is no station on the way to truth where any uh, obligation of service is abolished. And I will firmly uh, explain, uh, uh, I will explain this matter fully in its uh, proper place. And don't worry, he, he uh, makes sure to let you know that he doesn't think very highly of such people. Uh, inshallah, we can leave off uh, here uh, for today. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.